This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a Supernatural superfan and a Supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week we'll be covering Season 2, Episode 13, Houses of the Holy. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. Mama, take this badge off of me. I can't use it anymore. It's getting dark, too dark to see. I feel I'm knocking on heaven's door. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. the episode title yes it is okay good <laughs> i like said it out loud and then i was like is that right i hope that's right that better be right <laughs> it is i fucking love this episode this episode is so that's good a really good one you didn't remember it <laughs> well i saw it now and I yeah liked she remembers it, it now <laughs> but granted you had only seen it once yeah. <laughs> um so our episode takes place in providence rhode island um, we open on a woman who will later learn is named Gloria. She's watching TV in her house and smoking. Um, she's got some, like, angel statues. Um, she's flipping through TV channels when she comes across a T-Vangelical. A, a T-Vangelical. T-Vangelical. Is that the right word? T-Vangelist. T-Vangelist. Televangelist. Televangelist. Evangelist. I fucking hate these dudes. They're scam artists in fancy suits. Like the 700 Club, which also gets mentioned in this episode. Does it? Yeah. I don't. Dean mentions it later. Oh my gosh. Fuck. Fuck TV preachers. I hate them. <laughs> but she turns the TV off. Um, however, the TV turns back on, on its own. The lights start flickering. Um, uh... And, like, the TV won't turn off, and then, like, the whole house just starts shaking, I guess. (laughs) Um, which is kind of freaky. And then she sees a bright light with what looks like an alien in the middle. (laughs) And we get our splash screen. It does! (laughs) It looks like a little alien dude. (laughs) Which would have been a fun plot twist. That would have been quite the plot twist. (laughs) Oh, boy. But we get our splash screen, and we cut to... Um, a, a psychiatric facility where Sam disguises an orderly um, he's like gone undercover <laughs> uh, to interview Gloria um, because she has apparently murdered somebody because an angel told her to which that's how the crusade started <laughs> not exactly he has a very good point though because he says later that a lot of people kill in the, in the name, name of, of god religion. Yeah. in the name of religion that is the true meaning of taking god's name in vain is yes. using him as an excuse and a reason to do horrible things exactly <laughs> oh um but so sam sits down and talks to her and gloria tells him that an angel came to her in a beautiful white light and spoke god's word which was to kill um a man when she was given a sign uh, i love this scene it's, it's such a good scene 
I love when we get to see, like, Sam is, like, he's, like, this big dude who could be really intimidating if he wanted to be, but he's not. He's really good at making himself seem, like, not just, like, not, like, small, but, like, vulnerable and open and approachable. Um, and Dean can do that, but he doesn't always care to. <laughs> He's a little bit more rough and tumble, whereas Sam is totally willing to, like, get down on a witness's level, or in this case, a murderer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, actually genuinely listen to them, and they respond to that, and I really love it. Um, but Gloria tells Sam that this man was deep it, was guilty to his deepest foundations, um, which is an important line. Also, Sam looks real fucking good in this scene. I like when we get him in all white. There's like three instances in the series, four, four instances where Sam wears all white. And every time I love it. So. You love every look of Sam's. (laughs) That's true. But I like when he wears all white. It's just, I I think it's interesting, especially though for this episode, for our first shot of Sam to be him in all white. Yeah. uh, Is very interesting. Um, so we cut from there to Dean, who is stuck in the motel room, because he, his face was on the 11 o'clock news as a bank robber, not Sam's. (laughs) He is bored and out of quarters. (laughs) Magic fingers. I love, I love it so much. The vibrating bed. All the... Sam's like, I'm not enabling your sick habit. I think that's a little later in the episode, but it's so good. Um, but, so Sam tells Dean um, what happened, or what Gloria told him, which is that she thinks she saw a real angel, um, but he couldn't find any dirt on Carl Gully, who's the name of the, that's the guy that she killed. Um, this is where Dean's like, yeah, that ain't the first time someone's killed in the name of religion. In fact, it's the second time in this town alone, (laughs) which (laughs) I then took my sweet-ass time typing out. If I had a nickel for every time someone in this town was killed by by somebody who was told to by an angel, uh, I would have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. (laughs) I love the, um, Dean says angels aren't real, and then in a season and a half, they literally meet an angel. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's good. Granted, at the time of this episode, <laughs> they may angels, not have been planning to do that. Angels were not real in the supernatural yeah. world. Kripke had zero plans to do angels. Yeah. <laughs> so, interesting. At the, at, at the time, at this moment in the supernatural lore, in the filming of the show, angels were not real. But it's funny in retrospect. But it is very funny in retrospect, yeah. (laughs) Dean does not believe in angels. He's like, nah, this is possession, this is a ghost, it's not frickin' angels, Sam. Like, angels don't exist, and they're like, I think he says, they're like unicorns. And Sam says, (laughs) unicorns "Unicorns aren't aren't real? (laughs) In the most obnoxious little brother tone. It's so good. Um, but Dean basically explains that he doesn't believe in things that he doesn't see. That he can't see with his own two eyes. Dean's like, you know, we hunt things that people wouldn't believe exist every single day. Like, Dean's like, yeah, but I can see a fucking werewolf. Thanks. I I can see a vampire. (laughs) Like, I can't see angels. They don't exist. Um, Sam is not convinced. 
Uh, Dean is bored out of his mind, though. He wants to go to Glory's apartment, but Sam has already been there, and he didn't find anything. Dean, also, you're wanted by the FBI. Take a chill pill. <laughs> Honest to God. <laughs> so, instead, they go to Carl Gully's house, where they find an angel statue by the front door. And Dean's like, maybe this is a lesson to take your Christmas decorations down after <laughs> New, Year- New Year's, or you'll get uh, stabbed by a hooker from God. <laughs> yeah. Dean. Dean gets some great lines this episode, but it's because he's being really snarky, because he's being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, divisive. Uh, like, cause he doesn't believe in this angel crap. <laughs> and so he's a little bit testy that Sam is. Yeah. And is, he thinks it's dumb. Uh, but Sam remembers what Gloria said about Carl being guilty to his deepest foundations, and they go into the cellar where he finds a fingernail. That, like, you know? got claw- it, I think it's a, like, a acrylic. Not, like, her actual f- whole fingernail. I think it's an acrylic Maybe. that broke off. Because there's, like, some, some claw marks on the wall. I was a little confused for a second, because Sam pulls this fingernail out of the wall. And then they start digging in the ground. Yeah, I was confused, And too. I was like, what? And then I realized that there are scratch marks on the wall. And that's what he initially noticed. Was okay. the claw marks. Like, somebody had been f- fighting. And then, um... And he found the fingernail in the claw marks. And so they dig up the the floor of Carl Gilly's uh, ha- basement, and they find a skeleton. Which is fun. I also love that Sam's like, found a fingernail, and Dean's like, here's a shovel. <laughs> He's like, that, well, you know what that means. <laughs> Let's get digging. <laughs> um... So I'm yeah. confused what happened in the situation. Did he just, like, kidnap someone? Like... He kidnapped and murdered them and buried them in her his basement. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's implied that this is the third, that he did it three times. Three times? Yeah. Because in a little bit, when Sam comes back from the library, he has learned that three students disappeared off campus and were last seen in the library where Carl worked. Oh, I missed so, that detail. Ah. <laughs> um, but, but before that, though, we go to this guy Zach's apartment. Um, and he's lying in bed drinking when his lights start flickering, the room starts shaking, all of his alcohol falls off the table. I'm sorry, does this angel ghost thing not know how expensive that shit is? <laughs> like, this dude spent a fortune on alcohol. Um, but then a bright light appears, um, and at first he's freaked out, and then he walks towards it. Yeah. And we cut back to the, uh... Or no, we cut to later. We see him walking down a street. Um, now, like, looking much happier than he was previously. Uh, and he looks over and sees a figure in in light in front of a house. Um, and he walks up to the house, knocks on the door, and then stabs the guy who answers. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> and then the camera pans from him standing in the doorway over the, like, dead body to... An angel statue in the front yard. Which, I liked that. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Some good camera work. Um, now we go back to the motel, where Dean, who is completely out of quarters, and very upset about it, um, (laughs) is listening to the police radio when Sam comes back from the library, and this is where we learn that three students disappeared off campus, and they were all last seen in the library. Um... 
also Tina's, got any quarters. <laughs> Dean asks if Sam had brought any quarters, and Sam says, I'm not enabling your sick habit. And then he's like, you're like one of those rats that pushes the pleasure button instead of the food button until it dies. That was a great line. <laughs> it's a perfect line. It's a little bit accurate, though, to be, Dean is a bit of a, a hedonist. Like, he enjoys the things that make him happy. Food, sex, good music, fast car, you know, uh, and apparently vibrating motel beds. But <laughs> <laughs> Dean is indeed the rat that pushes the pleasure button instead of the food button. Except he may mix it up every now and then because the food also makes him happy. <laughs> but <laughs> Dean, oh, Dean tells Sam about the this third murder that a guy knocked on a dude's door and stabbed him, basically. Um, and then apparently turned himself into the And police. then turned himself in. Yeah. So, but Dean got the uh, address of the victim. So they go to the victim's house, and while they were th- they're there, um, they break in through a side window, and there is a fantastic blooper. It's one of my absolute favorite bloopers uh, from all 15 seasons. Because Sam uses his knife to, like, pop the, the latch open. Mm-hmm. And in order to, like, do that, like, the latch is already, like, partially open in order for to film him doing that. Um, but there's a great blooper where he's trying to do it. They're, like, they're, like, action, and, he, like, the latch won't move. And they're, like, open the window, and he's, like, he's, like, muffled because he's on the other side of the window. He's, like, I can't open the window. And they're, like, open the window. And he's, like, I can't. It's stuck. They don't close it too much. And they're, like, open the window. And he's, like, I will come in there and beat your little 5'4 ass. <laughs> like, he's, like, I can't open the freaking window. It's golden. It's so good. Because you just hear the crew, open the window. <laughs> I love it. But so they break into this, this dude's house. Um, and Sam digs around on his computer and finds evidence that he was uh, a sexual predator stalking a 13-year-old over the internet with plans to meet her that very day. Uh, which makes the fact that he was murdered the night before awful convenient. <laughs> very convenient. Dean's like, that's a little weird. <laughs> uh, he's like, yeah, some spirits are out for revenge, but this is, like, weirdly specific. And Sam's like, yeah, it's almost like an avenging angel. And Dean's like, don't don't you start down that path again. We're not going there. Because <laughs> um, Sam points out that they don't have anything linking all these victims together. Yeah. Um... But Dean has just found something, which is a uh, piece of paper. I don't actually know what it is. <laughs> so like a, it's like a church program. Yeah, something like that. Flyer or something. And he asks uh, what the name, because Carl Gully was a church goer, and Dean asks what the name of his church was, and Sam says it's um, Our Lady of the Angels, uh, which happens to be the name of the church on the piece of paper Sam Dean has just conveniently found. <laughs> So, the boys go to um, Our Lady of the Angels Church, and they're posing as potential congregation members. They've just moved to the area, and they speak to Father Reynolds. Um, And they kind of talk to him a little bit about how, like, the neighborhood's gotten kind of rough recently, and they're like, oh, we heard about the murders, and he's like, yeah, they were all members of my congregation. (laughs) There's your link. (laughs) Confirmed. (laughs) Um, 
the Tam's like, didn't the people who did it say that they were instructed by angels? Dean's face when Sam says this. <laughs> He's like, oh my fucking god. Like, oh. But this is, we talk a little bit about angels, and Father Reynolds describes them as um, fierce but righteous warriors of God. Um, which I've always liked that description of angels. Like, yeah. far more than. Like the like little tree topper fluffy wings harps, you yeah. know, like the when when they talk about angels in like the Bible, you know, it's always you know like do not be afraid. Yeah. Like obviously this is a fierce figure of some kind. Though if you go by like the actual the like biblical what angels look like with like the thousand eyes and weird hoops and. All sorts of things. Wait, I would what? be fucking terrified too. Have you not seen biblical angels? I can't spell. But are they describe that one in the Bible. There you go. Uh, what? Look at that. There's hello. The, the um, bunch of wings. Um. There's the ones with uh, loops, like, like all these spinning circles of eyes. Um. <laughs> Wait, are they described that way? It's why I, do people think they look like that? I don't really know. Uh, how angels? Well, because if you go through the like, I don't really know where these descriptions specifically come from. Um, so yeah, people typically think of cherubs, which are a type of angel mentioned in the Bible. That have been reimagined to fit the image of Cupid, um, but these contextualizations aren't entirely accurate. According to the Bible, there are different types. Um, so, and they have like different levels. See, Seraphim is a angelic being that surrounds the throne of God. Um, the prophet describes him as having six wings. Or the prophet Isaiah specifically describes him as having six wings, two of which are for flying, while they use the rest to cover their heads and feet. Like, <laughs> uh, Ophanim uh, are arguably the most bizarre. Ezekiel's account in the Bible describes them as being as beings made out of interlocking gold wheels, with each wheel's an exterior covered with multiple eyes. They move by floating themselves in the sky. Uh, they are tasked with guarding God's throne. I don't remember seeing those um, described that way. <laughs> <laughs> How deeply have you read the Bible? I studied it in seminary. Yeah, but I don't think seminary cares that much about these depictions of angels. <laughs> seminary is more about, I like... I feel like we, like, read through, like, these famous stories and stuff, though, and I don't remember them being described that way. <laughs> I don't remember anything of Isaiah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good I don't... luck with Isaiah. Yeah. But, um... So, these are the two specifically ones that are, like, really weird. <laughs> so... Wow, it may also be different versions of the Bible. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, that's that's. <laughs> Imagine that shows up. Well, <laughs> didn't know they looked like that. <laughs> I'd be pretty scared too. <laughs> but yeah, um... imagine imagine supernatural angels looked like those weird wheel things. That would be great. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> Maybe that's Castiel's uh, true, form. true form. We do know his true form is a 
approximately the size of the Chrysler building, so that's fun. Wait, what? Really? Yeah, he tells them that at one point. I think it's during season six. That's, <laughs> there's a little spoiler for you. <laughs> Let's get back into the episode. Are you ever going to see his true form? No. Because uh. if you see his true form, you're burst into flames. That's what CGI is for. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, alright. Back in the episode. Um, as the boys are, like, leaving the church, they notice a memorial on the steps, and they learn that it's for, um, Father Gregory, who was shot, um, two months ago. Um, and he died before Father Reynolds had time to administer last rites. Um, and Father Reynolds says he's been praying ever since for some, like, divine intervention. Um, and Dean's like, hello, found our ghost. Ta-da, case closed. But Sam is still kind of skeptical. Um, but Dean, Dean has a, <laughs> Dean has figured it all out. He really has. I mean, he really has, yeah. He 100% has. A vengeful spirit making people kill parishioners whose guilty secrets he knew because they had confessed those secrets to him Is as that a how priest. He knew that's, that's kind of the vibe I got. Mm. Was that, like, in confession, he'd been told these things. But, Maybe. Uh, I, I don't know how else he would have figured it out. What about the one that hasn't happened yet? That's true. I think there's also <laughs> the fact that he's a ghost now. Uh, <laughs> he's probably witnessed, like, I guess he's not really tied to the church. So, um, Sam is skeptical because he thinks it still may be, like, angels. Um, and this is... Dean kind of teases him, like, next thing you know, you're gonna be praying every day, and Sam's like, I do. <laughs> like, I already do that. Um, this which is a fact that we didn't know about Sam. Yeah. Until now. It's also something that Dean didn't know about Sam. Yeah. Which I find so interesting, and Sam reveals that he has prayed for a long time. Um, but I think it makes a lot of sense for Sam. Like, I remember the, watching this episode for the first time being like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That makes, that's, Sam prays every day. It makes complete sense. Because this is someone who wants so badly to, not only to do good things, but to be good. Like, yeah. at his core. And especially as we get further into Sam's story arc, it will make even more and more sense why even, like, from a young age, it's kind of implied, he would, you know, be the one of the brothers to want to believe, to want there to be a higher power. So, I, I'm very excited to get deeper into Sam's arc, because we are barely scratching the surface of all the good stuff <laughs> that comes with Sam Winchester, and by good I mean angsty as fuck. Oh, <laughs> uh, So the boys go back into the church, because um, Father Reynolds told them that Gregory is buried in the church's crypt. Um, but as they're going down, Sam notices an angel statue and turns to look at it, um, as it starts shaking. Um, Dean has plowed on ahead. Dean is walking fast. He has a purpose. (laughs) Um, the, the statue starts shaking and then a bright light appears behind Sam and we cut to what I'm assuming would have been a commercial break. Um, we come back to Dean rushing back in and finding Sam lying on the ground. Um, and Sam tells Dean that an angel has appeared to him and told him that he will be given a sign of somebody who is going to do evil and therefore, um, must 
be stopped. Um, Dean, this is Dean jokes about this. Is this where he makes the? Nope, trivia. Where is it? Yeah, this is where he makes the seven hundred club reference. Yeah. Um, which I didn't realize was a, a, a like televangelist. I remember the word <laughs> um, reference. So according to the Super Wiki, uh, the 700 Club is a news talk show with religious focus. Um, also love he says, okay, ecstasy boy. <laughs> that's, that's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> he makes like th four references <laughs> no, in the space of like 30 seconds here. <laughs> um, but Dean is, Sam is very much like, I have seen an angel. I know what I saw. There is no doubt in his mind. And Dean is like, slow your roll. You saw a spirit. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about this. There's no fucking way. Um, uh, he, he asks, he's like, what has this guy done? And he did the angel tell you that? And Sam's like, yeah, I asked. And he said he hasn't done anything yet, but he will. Um, and Dean has a very good point here because he says, you're supposed to be bad too. Maybe I should stop you right now. Yeah. Which, um, I think if Sam hadn't just seen an angel or what he thought was an angel would be a line that would hit him much harder than yeah. it does because he kind of skates right on past it. Um, but Dean's point is, is that you can't punish something or someone <laughs> for something that they have not done. Yeah. Um, so, but this is where it comes out why Dean doesn't believe in angels. Um, it's because Mary, every night when she tucked him into bed, would tell him that angels were watching over him. Um, and he, she believed in angels, but there are no angels watching over them because if there really were, like... Why wouldn't they have protected her? You know? Yeah. He's like, no, they're. I mean, and I, I, I love this contrast between the brothers. Sam wanted, needing so desperately for there to be a higher power in the world. And Dean being like, I have seen zero proof that any such being exists. If they did, why would they let this bad stuff happen? Like, you know. Is this where he mentions his mom, the mom? Yeah, this yeah. is where he talks about Mary. And he... I want to just pull up the quote. That's my new show. Um, um, he says that, you know, Mary had faith. Um, and that, in fact, um, angels are watching over you was the last thing she ever said to Dean. I'd totally forgotten that fact. Um... And Dean says she was wrong. There's nothing, there was nothing protecting her. There's no higher power. There's no God. I mean, there's just chaos and violence and random, unpredictable evil that comes out of nowhere and rips you to shreds. Uh, he's, he's like, I, d once we come back to Dean being a, if I can, I'll believe in it when I see it kind of person, um, because he has hard proof they're dealing with a spirit. Sam does not have anything to prove that they're dealing with an angel. Yeah. Uh, did you have, said, have something you wanted to say? I just... This episode, like, kind of hit home to, like, what I've been going through as, like, my religious deconstruction process. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. I think, like, all of us, like, start out as Sam 
in a way, like believing, you know, wanting mm-hmm. to believe. Feel like you have hard proof, and then you hit a faith crisis, and you start something to, breaks your shelf, and then you start to see the world the way Dean does. Yeah, and I think you kind of have to find your way back to a, a middle ground. A middle ground, yeah. Where whether you believe or you don't believe, you found your like balance mm-hmm. in the world again. Because in the in the ex Mormon community, they use the 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 phrase. Like, what broke your shelf mm-hmm. a lot, which I had heard a few times, and I d- knew kind of based off of context that it was a reference to what was, like, the final straw. But essentially what they mean is, like, um, as you, like, as people, like, go through a religion, um, and especially a high-demand religion, um, there will be things that make you go, hmm, not so sure about that. <laughs> But then, but you want to believe so bad, and your faith is so strong that you go, okay, well, I'll just put this on the shelf over here, yeah. and we'll worry about it later. And then you just keep doing that. You just keep putting things on the shelf, and that shelf can only take so much, and eventually you'll eventually put something breaks. on that shelf, and that shelf will come tumbling down. Yeah. And then you have to rebuild. <laughs> and then you have to rebuild. Which is what I'm going through. Yeah. And I think you're going through it, too, in a way, right? Yeah, I think in a lesser extent than you, because I kind of getting into outtakey stuff i never really believed like i know a lot of ex-mormons are like i had the strongest testimony mm-hmm. like but i am actually one of those ex-mormons that a, a you know a uh someone in a tiktok comment section would be like you never had a strong testimony and i'd be like yeah yeah i didn't because i just never got it i never understood I never felt anything. I never, like, you know, I it never struck me as being possibly real. And that doesn't mean that, like, the indoctrination isn't still there. Like, that doesn't mean I don't still have, like, moments where I'm like, what if it is all real? Yeah. <laughs> well, what if I'm black? Like <laughs> <laughs> Which are the worst. That's the trauma talking. But, like, from a very young age, I was like, I don't like this. I don't enjoy I don't feel good about any of this this doesn't make me happy I never understood why people acted so happy in the church because it didn't make me happy in any way mm-hmm. so I think that has made my faith transition a bit easier in that like there's less of that like my whole belief system shifting for me to do and it's more of me just deconstructing like the programming basically yeah. the the brainwashing that happened <laughs> from literally the moment I was born. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and like, they do say, like, if you say the same thing over and over again, eventually you'll believe it. And I definitely, like, bore my testimony regularly and stuff, but, like, I never. I was just saying what everybody else was saying. Yeah. And I never actually, like, I was just doing it to fit in. Because I am a people pleaser at my very core. <laughs> I can't help it. Yeah. I mean, maybe with some therapy or something I would be able to, but, like, that is a fundamental part of my being, is making sure that I'm not disrupting anything. And so I always just kind of went along. I think there was definitely parts of it that I believed in. Mm-hmm. And maybe some things that I still do, like some truths that I feel like are still, you know universally true but 
Um, I don't know if I ever, like, actually had a testimony that the church was true. Like, I, I never got... Definitely a, never had a or testimony. Or the Book of Mormon or anything. Yeah. Like, I never, like, felt any of that, you know? Yeah. And I, I think, like, I started putting stuff on my shelf very early on. <laughs> to the point where I don't really know what, like, the final straw was. I think it might have been when I realized 100% that I was queer. That was and mine. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, But, like, from a very young age, the thing that was, like, the breaking point for me from a very young age was that over and over and over again, it was getting drilled into me that I would meet a nice boy yeah. and date him and marry him and have kids. And I knew from a very young age... Like, that I didn't want kids. Yeah. That I never wanted kids. That I would never have children. Um, which people say, like, oh, you'll change your mind when you get older. I've known, like, as long as I can remember that I would never have children. That that wasn't something I would do. And I've also kind of knew, I think, that I would never marry a man. Yeah, same. So, being told over and over and over again, I was explaining this to my dad, and he was like, this is, like, he never knew this about me. Yeah. Like, but being told over and over from a young age that, like, your job as a girl is to marry a boy and have babies and to know fundamentally in your core that that is something you never want to do. Mm -hmm. Like. Yeah. I think that's the one, that's actually, like, a like, it feel it seems kind of like a small thing, but for me, it was a really big thing. Oh, yeah, same. Because in the church, they teach, like, that is the woman's purpose in life. One of the biggest issues that I had was, like, the inherent sexism in the church. Oh I, I struggled with that from a young yeah. age. Like, yep. you say that we're, like, equal, but I've never felt equal yes. one day in my life in yes. this organization. <laughs> yes. Like, we're always, like, we're, less than, Yeah. You know? I'm like, well, then God must think women are less than, because that's how we're treated. And that, like, what kind of God creates children that are less than other children, you know? Yeah. Like, that, and the way I look at it, either your God is, um, omnipotent and doesn't care, or he doesn't know. Because what God that actually loves his quote-unquote children would create a world where they have to go through horrible things. And my dad's like, well, it's, it's you wouldn't know because you're not a parent. And I was like, so you would purposefully create a situation in which your child has to go through something terrible and traumatic? Like, you would do that on purpose yeah. to your kid. Like, what kind of fucked up parenting is that? <laughs> God, it, in the eyes, in the way that it's all, it was always described to me in church, and this is the main reason why I have an issue with God, and an issue with religion in general, is that his love is conditional. Mm-hmm. And that is wrong. And, well, like, I don't believe that there is no God. I believe there is a higher power, and I believe that that higher power must love us unconditionally. Well, one major thing on my because... shelf was, like, <laughs> the fact that I felt like the higher power that I felt like I believed in and had a relationship with was very different than the Mormon version of God. Yeah. And what the Mormon yeah. church was saying that God's word was. And they're like, God made you the way you're exactly supposed to be but also the way that you are is wrong sinful and, and wrong. sinful yeah. that was one of the, the huge breaking points for me was mm-hmm. that like 
I don't know if I'll include any of this. We're getting. I think it's a good discussion. I, I may jump it to the outtakes. But is the idea, like, you cannot have a god who never makes mistakes and a god that would condemn his creation for being the way he made it. Yeah. Those are fundamentally contradicting ideas. They yeah. do not work. <laughs> I. Uh, it makes me so upset. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, these are like, all shelf I, items. Like, I, I consider myself um, agnostic. I believe that there is a higher power. I don't believe in a specific higher power. I do believe that there are some things in this life that we will never be able to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think there can be a blending of science and religion and the spiritual. Like, they can work together in tandem. But. I believe that whatever higher power there is, um, either must not care at all, or is unable to act. Like, it has to, for some reason, leave us to do what we will, because humans are flawed human beings, and that's, I think that's the element of choice, you know? Mm -hmm. So I choose to believe that, like, he, he, she, it either must not be able to act or just straight up doesn't care. (laughs) Like, you know, but I've never really thought that much on it because I honestly would just rather not sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's a lot. (laughs) But like, this episode definitely, sometimes when Supernatural gets nitty gritty into the religious Mm-hmm. stuff and especially this is one of the reasons why I connected so strongly with Sam from a very young age is because Sam feels like there's something fundamentally wrong with him yeah um and that's not something we've touched on a whole lot so far but we'll get into as the show goes on is he feels like he from a very young age he's n- known that there's something off about him something not right and he just wants to be, like, good, you know? And when you're raised in a religion that tells you that the way that you are is wrong, like, yeah, <laughs> that creates a lot of drama. And that's one of the reasons, that's one of the things that I've always really connected with in Sam is that kind of religious trauma mm-hmm. that he has, that, that otherness and the, um, just the feeling that something is quote-unquote wrong about you before you even, like, have words for it, really. Yeah. That's part of Sam's queer coding. (laughs) It's religious trauma, and it's queer coding if you look at it the right way, which I like, too. Because I like queer Sam. My favorite headcanon. I was just thinking about this a lot today, just the fact that, like, it's a hard thing to be able to leave something where, like, your mindset's, like, told to you. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. it's easy. And that's why so many people stay is because it's safe and easy. it's easy. Because people tell you what to think and what to believe and what's yeah. true and what's not true, what's good and what's yeah. bad. And then when you leave religion like that, the scary thing and the really freeing thing is you get to figure that out for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you get to actually think and make decisions for, like, the first time in your life about yeah. your own morals and exactly what you actually believe in. 
like I said, it's terrifying, but also it's very so free. It's so scary, but also it's the greatest leap of faith yeah. that I think anyone can make. You know? That's, you know, true be, freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And true that's, freedom can be that's scary. That's another <laughs> one of the things that I connect to with Sam. We were actually talking about this in one of the discords earlier, because one of the things that I've seen, like, anti-Sam fans say is that, like, he was selfish for going to college. He was selfish for leaving Dean behind with John and for stepping out of the family business. And maybe he was selfish, but he needed to be selfish. Like, is it selfish for me or you to leave our family's chosen religion to ruin, quote-unquote, their eternal family? According in to order, my family, yeah. <laughs> in order, but in order to live your truest self like would you no, rather be mis I was like people's I I, ideas of that yes would say that I would rather be happy at potentially the expense of other people because of my decision to be my true self yep. than to live an unhappy life for trying else. to satisfy everybody else and I think that is something that's the that's turn fun- I've come from and yeah, that's the turn you're coming from. Yeah, and that's something that I liked about Sam, and we didn't, we don't we didn't get to see it in the show really, but that's a decision that he made before the show that f- is foundational to his character was that he said, you know, at a certain point in time he said I need to go be my own person, and I know that will hurt you, and I know that sucks and it's scary, but he needed to do it. To be true to himself. Yeah. And, but also, it is true to who Sam is to come back to his brother. And that's, that's why they're like, someone, one of my friends described it as they're, um, they're like two halves of a brain. Sam is the, the logical, the book smart. Dean is the, the instinctive and creative and impulsive. And they, they work together and they have parts of each other. But they are two halves, and they cannot be without the other. And yeah. if they are, they don't function the same as if they're together. Like, so Sam was, it was inevitable that Sam would have returned to his family, but he still needed to make that choice and to be a little bit selfish in order to be true to himself and to take his own little leap of faith in making his own life choices. Mm-hmm. You know, because John even says that like he stopped being their dad and became their drill sergeant. You know, and I like to believe that he had moments where he was a dad. <laughs> you know, but he yeah. definitely struggled in finding the balance between keeping his boys safe and you know being their father and also being the hero for other people along the way. And so I can imagine it may have been a bit of a high demand environment for Sam to be in. And yeah. for Dean. And Sam needed to do kind of what we've done with our own families, and he needed to step out and make his own decisions. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to get this deep into it. <laughs> we are like, how? I'd say we're like two thirds of the way through the episode. <laughs> I think we're by the end, aren't we? Pretty much. We're getting there. That was a good discussion, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so where do we leave off? Oh, Dean has definite proof 
that they are dealing with a ghost. Um, he takes Sam back down to the crypt, where he reveals that Wormwood is growing over the stone of the murdered priest, Father Gregory. Um, it's not growing on any of the other stones. Um, and according to Dean, well, according to the Winchesters, um... Well, Dean says it, actually, yeah. It's a plant associated with the dead, specifically the ones not at rest. Which I love that. I think that's very creative. I wish they'd use that more. Because that would be really cool than to be like, oh, well, here's our ghost's grave, because that's a lot of wormwood. <laughs> you know? Um, but Sam's still skeptical, and Dean's like, okay, well, I know how we can prove it 100%, which is we'll have a seance in a church. Great idea, Dave. Um, <laughs> but if Father Gregory appears, they know for sure it's a ghost and not an angel. Uh, Dean's like, that's the great thing about our job is we don't have to operate on faith. <laughs> Which is true. Because they yeah. do deal genuinely with stuff that they can, like, affect in some way. Tangible somehow. Tangible in a some form of that. I, how tangible is a ghost? Well... I guess it depends. The form of being able to, like, get rid of them or yeah. recognize them. <laughs> just, it's more tangible. Because he said tangible, and I was like, but we're dealing with ghosts. <laughs> How tangible are ghosts? You know so what I mean? Maybe episode that. How tangible are ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> or shall I name it Evangelical? Or whatever I said earlier. That's what I was thinking earlier. <laughs> I was thinking that, too. Oh, uh, Okay. So we get to later, it's like the evening now, and the boys have bought supplies necessary for the summoning. Sam's like, yeah, we've gone, we've gone kind of sketch with this before, fast and loose, but I'm sorry, a Spongebob playmat? <laughs> Dean's like, we'll put it Spongebob upside down. <laughs> but, um, as they're leaving this little store, though, Sam sees the man that the angel wants him to kill, um, identified by a bright light around him. I love that they... With both Sam and, um, the Zack, the guy who stabbed the dude earlier, they show us the, like, purse, the, the angel-sent person's view of it, so we see the bright light, and then we see what is actually happening, which is that there's just a car with its headlights on behind the guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Um, Sam wants to go stop this man. He's like, I'm not gonna kill him, I'm just gonna stop him. And Dean's like, uh, no. You are gonna go perform a seance in a church. I will follow this guy. <laughs> we don't want to chance you killing him. <laughs> yeah. So, which is, that's a good idea. For Dean to be the one to follow this guy instead of Sam. Yeah. Um, so Dean follows his man. He, I think he's unnamed. He's totally unnamed. Unnamed man. Male attacker. That's his name. <laughs> That's fun. Okay, I'm just gonna keep calling him the, the man. Um, Sam- just call him male attacker? <laughs> it's a mouthful. But, so Dean follows his guy, and he go, he stops and picks a woman up for a date. Um, I'm assuming it's like a first date. Um, he brings her flowers. Very nice. Um, back at the church, Father Reynolds interrupts Sam's seance. I love it. <laughs> I can explain. <laughs> Maybe I can't. <laughs> uh, he kind of, he's like, it's it's a seance. <laughs> Father Reynolds like, in a house of God. <laughs> like, he's like, no. But right on time, Father Gregory appears. And Father Reynolds is like, oh my gosh. 
it's a ghost. And Sam is like, fuck, it's a ghost. Because <laughs> he knows now that this means that he did not see an angel. Well, Father Gregor at first is like, is that an angel? But and he does, and then it's revealed, revealed to be yeah. Father Gregory, yeah. Um, but Sam is definitely like, like, he really, really wanted it to be an angel. Um, granted, Father Gregory definitely thinks he's an angel. At first. Uh-huh. His story is so sad. Because yeah. he just wants to help. He just wants to he's help. He's doing a really bad job at it, but yeah. He's doing a He's doing a really bad job. I mean, he did stop a guy from potentially hurting a 13-year-old, so, like, good job. Just the way he went about it, though. He yeah, ruined, like, four met- other people's <laughs> lives in the process. Your methodology needs a little work. <laughs> um... Uh, Dean, meanwhile, has lost uh, the car he was following. Just... Oops. Um, How did that even happen? He was, like, following them right he behind. Turned, he he was not following that close. He was trying not to, like, make it obvious that he was following. So the guy turned a corner, and then I'm assuming turned down another alley. Or side street or something. And so when Dean turned the corner, the guy, the car had already, the other car had already turned. Oh, okay. So he obviously found them pretty quickly. Yeah. So, Father Reynolds and Father Gregory kind of argue. Um, Father Gregory says, I was a man and now I'm an angel. You know, he came to help. Um, I love it. Kill, I love it and it hurts when Father Reynolds says, um, men cannot become angels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my heart just breaks for Father Gregory. Because <laughs> he, he really believed he was an angel. You can see, like, the realization hit him. I just realized that, like, he kind of parallels Sam a little bit in this episode. Because he wants so badly to be doing good. Mm-hmm. That he's, as a result, like, kind of doing bad. <coughs> like, but he thought it was the right thing. He mm-hmm. really genuinely believed it was the right thing to do. And Sam wants so badly to do good. Uh, which we'll get into again a little bit later. I think, like, part of it, like you said before, is, like, feeling worthy mm-hmm. to be able to see an angel. And he's, yeah. And like, hoping that... Yeah. The idea that an angel would appear to Sam, that, like, to him, that, just, just that alone, that an angel would entrust him with a mission from God. Yeah. <laughs> That's huge! <laughs> oh, but Sam and Father Reynolds do manage to, like, convince um, Father Gregory of the reality of the situation, which is that he is not an angel. He is simply a lost soul um, that needs to be put to rest. Um, we cut briefly back to uh, the male attacker. I'm <laughs> <laughs> He's pulled down a side road, and he attacks this young woman that he has in his car. Um, but, but before he can um, do anything too bad, thank God, Dean smashes the driver's side window and stops him. Um, Dean gets the girl out of the car, and while he's, like, checking on her to make sure she's okay, um, this guy, the other, the guy, Male sits attacker. up. <laughs> he starts his car again and takes off driving, and Dean's like, 
fuck. You call 911. Bye. <laughs> this poor girl. She's like, that was okay. a roller coaster. <laughs> oh my god. I'm laughing, but it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't know what else to do. Oh. At least she's okay. At least she's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she even got like because the guy even trauma, pulled out but... a the guy even pulled out a knife. Yeah. Like, like physically she is okay. Mentally and emotionally she probably needs some need therapy. Therapy. <laughs> hey, we all need therapy. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Um. So Dean gets in the Impala, and follows the guy. Um, back at the church, I love this scene. Even as a non-religious person, I really love this scene of Father Reynolds putting Father Gregory's soul to rest yeah. with the last rites. It is so beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's really a lovely scene. And I think it kind of... It's such an... I find it so interesting that I like this scene so much. I think it's just the piece of it. Because usually when the boys encounter a ghost and they're like getting rid of a vengeful spirit of some kind, there's like, yeah, there's like a fight, there's um, obviously usually like a grave or bones and fire and it's very like intense and like adrenaline pumping and, but this is just like, Father Reynolds starts saying the prayer Father Gregory, like, flickers, and I think that's when he realizes, like, really realizes, he's like, oh, fuck, I'm a ghost. (laughs) Um, And then he kneels, and Father Reynolds finishes the last rites, and then he just fades out in this bright white light, and it's so gentle, just, like, moving on. I really love it. It's very well done. Uh, And then we cut straight from that to a car chase. (laughs) This is supernatural. We can't have anything good. <laughs> um, Dean follows this guy until this is a full-on car chase too. Yeah, they like Dean like drives across some like a lawn. There's like a whole thing going down here. Squealing tires oh all over the place. Oh my gosh! Park. Yeah, <laughs> and then the guy gets behind a truck heading towards an intersection, and then someone I think someone ran a stop sign, and the truck swerves to not hit this other car and the guy slams on his brakes and a pole flies off the back of the truck and goes right through his windshield in some very interesting CGI. Oh my CGI. gosh. Oh my the gosh. CGI too. <laughs> they, they do it. So you're in, you're seeing from inside the car as the pipe comes through the windshield. It's some really uh, and shoddy CGI. I know what they were trying to do, but it needed a little bit of help. Um, but it kills him. It stabs him right in the middle of the chest and kills him. Um, Wait, wrong one. Hold on. Hey, that's mine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where's mine? Um, I don't know. Why doesn't it pop up? I don't know. There you are. <laughs> said the CGI. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I made a note oh. of it. And Dean, like, screeches to a halt and pulls up beside the car, and he gets out, and he's just, uh, this dude's dead, like, you know? And <laughs> he, he, Dean is very shocked. He, he's like, what just happened? He is like, ah. <laughs> he'll get into his thoughts in a minute. But he goes back to the motel where Sam is pouting a little bit. Uh, reasonably so. Um, and Dean can, like, I think immediately see like he's really starting to kind of understand how important 
this was to Sam. Not fully, but he's getting there. Like, he, even if he doesn't understand why this is so important, he understands that it is, um, and that Sam is hurting right now, that he's really, um, really let down by the fact that this wasn't really an angel. Um, I love Dean walks in, they're both just, like, really crestfallen, and <laughs> there's like, so how was your day? <laughs> I love <laughs> that. Like that. so good. <laughs> um, earlier in the church, after Sam saw the angel, Dean tried to, Dean, like, took a swig from his flask and then tried to hand it to Sam, and Sam was like, I don't want a drink. And now, Dean takes a drink and holds it out to Sam, and he, like, looks at it for a second, and then takes it. <laughs> and it's a very, it, it's... It really shows you Sam's mindset, because earlier he was like... Sam's... Like, he drinks casually, but never to the same extent that Dean does. Um, and so, in this instant, at least, it's a it's very revealing of Sam's mindset. That earlier he was like, I fucking want a drink, man, I just saw an angel! <laughs> and now he's like, give me the fucking alcohol. Um, or even that, you know, he was like trying to be more righteous than alcohol earlier. Oh, yeah. I briefly thought about that, too, during the episode, and then I forgot to write it down. Is that he's like, I just saw an angel, I have to be good. Yeah. Now, like, like, I have to yeah, make sure it. I'm being good. Um, sorry, I was making sure there's no deleted scenes. I realized, I just realized now that I don't have to put the DVD in my computer to see if there are deleted scenes, that I can just look. You probably just Google well, no. search it, too. I know. It is, but I, you could Google search it. I have the full box set, and it came with the little booklet that's got all the episode names and descriptions, and it says with each episode whether or not it includes a deleted scene. <laughs> um, so, to so Sam, <laughs> getting back into things. Um, Do special drawings. Yeah. There's fancy stuff. So Sam explained, this is where Sam kind of really explains to Dean how much this meant to him. Because this job fucking sucks. <laughs> he says there's so much evil and sometimes it feels like he's drowning in it. Uh, and when he thinks about his destiny, like, that's a whole nother can of worms. Um, and it's kind of a lot. Um, and Dean's like, well, I'm watching out for you. And Sam says, yeah, I know, but Dean, you're just one person. Um, Sam needed to believe that there was something else watching out for him. Some higher power. Um, and that maybe Sam could be saved. Mm -hmm. Um, like, this is Sam... I love this episode. I love when we get glimpses into Sam's mindset like this. Because Sam wants so badly to be good. And to do good in this world. Yeah. And for a moment, he had a glimpse. Like, he genuinely thought, like, yeah, like, it'll work out. I can be, I can, you know, do the right thing. Um, and now he sees that he he got his hopes up and it was clouding his judgment. Um, and he tells Dean that Dean's right, because they have to go with what they see. Um, and Dean's like, at... I don't know. I don't know, man. Because <laughs> Gregory's spirit gave you some good information. Uh, he says that the, the man is dead. Um, Dean didn't kill him. Um, but he says that the way it happened, if, if Dean hadn't seen it with his own eyes, he would not have believed it. Um, 
he says he doesn't know what to call it except maybe God's will. Um, I love that we just leave off right there with I think we get one last knocking on heaven's door and then it fades out as the credits roll. But I love, because you've got the boys who were, they were so divided this whole episode until it was confirmed that it was definitely a ghost. Like, like, Dean was like, fuck no, there's no angels, there's no god, it's just the fucked up world we live in, and we just gotta deal with it. And Sam was like, I saw a fucking angel, dude. <laughs> you know? And now, they're coming back together, like, they went their separate ways, and they're coming back together, and Sam's going, I didn't see an angel, I let things cloud my judgment, you're right, we should be working off what we believe, like, what we can see with our own eyes. And Dean's like, uh, yeah, except I saw something with my own eyes, and if I hadn't seen it, I wouldn't have believed it, so. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of, like, coming together in a little moment of, like, I don't don't fucking know, man. (laughs) I don't know where we go from here, but that happened. (laughs) And that's just where the episode leaves off. It's so. It's a good episode. It's a really it's good. It's a really good episode. I'm gonna make sure I do this. I guess I, we did get into some lore. We did get into some lore. I didn't <laughs> expect to do we that. We didn't plan to. I will include the link to um, historyofyesterday.com, which is where I got the information about how angels really look. I just oh. googled that really quickly. So well, I gotta share it. I will also include. <laughs> uh, the links to some stuff that uh, will come up in the outtakes. Just wait. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm close it and then I realize I shouldn't have. It's in your season two. There it is. Oh, are you going to include the links? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Open that image in a new tab. Good. Right click, open image in new tab. And now you've got the link to the JPEG. So you can just copy and paste that link. Uh, yeah. Fancy. I do it all the time when I don't feel like downloading an image and I want to share it in Discord. Um, But yeah, I think that is it for this episode. We kind of had a bit of an intense discussion there in the middle. <laughs> It was a good discussion. It was a though. good discussion, but it was unexpected. To be fair, I probably should have expected it. Um, I mean, it's part of the episode. Yeah. I, I, I probably should have expected it. <laughs> but I just wasn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this episode, I think it was really good. It was really good. <laughs> Okay. Haley's making sure that I have some links that I'll need uh, when making the show notes. There you go. Thanks, babe. Um, I think I've gotten through everything I want to get through on this episode. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about, babe? Anything we missed? No. I think we I think we covered it all. Next week, we are covering... We're just getting... Uh, great episode after great episode one after the other here Season two is real because good. we are covering episode 14 born under a bad sign monster 
Meg. <laughs> I love Meg. I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's going to be so good. This is going to... So, next week after Thanksgiving, uh, that is what you have to look forward to, is our coverage of Born Under a Bad Sign. I can't fucking wait. I'm so excited. And in the meantime, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you like what you hear, subscribe to us. Ooh, you should mention we got... A comment, didn't we, that you shared with me? Or is oh it a yeah, tweet? we got a really nice message. And was it a tweet on or what? Twitter or on Tumblr, it was really sweet. So thank you. That yeah, meant we, a lot to us. We like hearing you guys. Yeah, from you guys. it really means a lot. Makes it seem like there's actual real people out there. <laughs> it's not just numbers. Yeah, <laughs> that Podbean's counting up. <laughs> but yeah, we love hearing from you guys. It really does mean a lot to us. But also like. We'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on things, especially, like, this episode. We kind of got real deep there for a hot minute, and I'd love to hear your guys' perspectives on stuff, because, like, everybody views, everybody's views on religion and spirituality and stuff is different, and, like, everyone's take on this episode is going to be different as a result, and so I'd really love, if you have any thoughts you'd like to share, feel free. Um, uh... You can find us on all our social medias, which I will get to in a second, because let me go through the rest of my spill first. <laughs> if you like what you hear and you have made it to episode 33 without subscribing somehow, you please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all those fun places. Also, if you're able to, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It helps the algorithm and helps more people find us. If you have any friends who like Supernatural and might enjoy our podcast, please tell them about us. And then if you want to reach out, tell us what you think. Tell us your thoughts on this episode, on the things that we've discussed. You can find the podcast on Twitter at TalkAboutSamPod, on Instagram at We Need to Talk About Sam Podcast, and on Tumblr and TikTok at We Need to Talk About Sam. Um, I am Lil Red Who Could on Twitter and The Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. And Haley, my love, where can the people find you? Hi. <laughs> so cute. You can find me on Life Flows on 3. Wow, on Life. At Le- <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. Want to try again? You can find me on Twitter at Life Flows on 3. There you go. And Tumblr at hfthoughts-blog. And once again, thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs> you say bye? Oh, that was my sorry. Bye. <laughs>
The bust freaked me out. Like, they're, like, small, too, aren't they? It depends. They're one-fourth size scale. It depends on how big the bust is, but yeah. But, like, like one-fourth of a person is, like, like this big. Yeah, they're, just, they're like, mini busts. <laughs> like, that, I don't know. For some reason, that weirds Ooh, me out. Here's a Legolas one. Let's see. <laughs> how dirty they did Legolas. Definitely not justice, but... Not as bad as Elrond. Elrond is by far the worst one I've seen so far. <laughs> Definitely could be improved. God, that was scary. <laughs> Poor Elrond. Oh. Elendil. Hooded Rohirrim soldier. Just a random dude. <laughs> they, just, they just cast a random extra. Gil-galad. Okay, was he ever in that movie? I don't know who that is. Because <laughs> I've seen him mentioned a lot in, like, Lord Bring of the Rings. Bring That's easy, because you never <laughs> see their faces. <laughs> I'll have to show you. They had Eomer and Theoden, too, and they were both kind of, ooh. Kind of, ooh. Sometimes they don't do as well as they probably should. Oh, wait. Here's some more. Here's Gimli. Not too bad. That's actually, that's pretty good. Yeah. Looks good. I love how he's standing up on his beard. Uh, yeah, the beard goes all the way to the, <laughs> the base. That's that's pretty good. That's a good detail, actually. It's a fun detail to include. Um, dwarven Lord. High Elven Infantryman. I love how they're just random soldier people. Do you guys hear um, this? Because Haley's eating chocolate cinnamon bears. Okay. Yikes. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. That looks like <laughs> that looks like old Bilbo. What did they do to poor Pippin? <laughs> he looks like old Bilbo. He looks like he looks like um oh that my God. creepy lady in Mister Rogers' neighborhood. What was her name? Lady Elaine. He looks like Lady Elaine. <laughs> I haven't. It's been so long since I've seen Mr. Yeah, Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh boy. I don't know how you spell it. There she is. She always gave me nightmares. Oh, her! Oh my, he kind of does. Oh my gosh, he does. That's freaky. <laughs> I don't like that. Oh no. They did Poor Billy Boyd Pippen. so dirty. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Ewan, oh dear. So far. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. So far, Gimli is the best of these that I've seen. Why does Ewan look like an old lady? Oh my god. <laughs> she looks like literally like an 80 year old. <laughs> oh no. This what is a workshop. You did Lord of the Rings. How are you messing this up? Those oh are literally your characters that you design. Wormtongue. He looks alright. Yeah, he looks okay from the small picture. You can't make him really any uglier than he is. Oh! Ow! <laughs> <laughs> Lady Galadriel. Oh, R1. Oh dear. Eh. She looks depressed. <laughs> Somewhat resembles Liv Tyler. That one looks better. Yeah, from the front. Side. From the side, it's a little, like, her face is a little too round from that angle, but from yeah. the front, it looks like her. 
They did a really good job with the fabric draping in yeah. that one. That's, that looks really pretty. Let's see Galadriel. Ugh. I don't even have a different angle. Um, I mean, it's not the worst, but it's definitely not good. It's kind of like a, like a cross between one of these figures and a Barbie doll. <laughs> a little bit. Like, her face doesn't have all the definition it needs. That Legolas is significantly better than the other yes. Legolas, I think. It's a little smirk. That is a weird angle to be showing us from, but okay. I guess it's to show the position his body is in, which is a weird position, but whatever. <laughs> That's definitely the superior Legolas of the two. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> I love- this is great content for an audio format. Gandalf collectible figure lamp. A lamp? Look at that. Oh my gosh, and it's not even $70. That's really cool. That's actually legit so cool. That lights <gasps> up. Oh. oh my gosh, that is so cool. Okay, we might need that for our apartment. Babe, I want one. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. That is so cool. Statue, let's see. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's not too bad. That looks like Ian McKellen. Yeah. Definitely. I like the texture on his robe. They did a really good job with the texture on that one. One of the best statues so far. Yeah. For 99 bucks. Not bad. Okay, this Bilbo, though. Oh, boy. It's eh. ah, not too bad. He looks decently. I don't know, remember the actor who plays him in Fellowship. That's not bad. It's not bad. Huh? Definitely not Elrond levels. Oh my god. That one was a nightmare. And I'm Pippin. definitely linking that one. And Pippin. <laughs> um, I am 100% linking the Elrond one for you guys so you can suffer we gotta, with us. You gotta link Pippin. Okay, I'll link Elrond and I'll link Pippin. <laughs> I gotta see the Lady Elaine resemblance. Ooh, I like this one. That's cool. Oh, that is a really pretty painting. Ooh. Oh, cool. Board game. Lord of the Rings is a board game. Hmm. Balrog Battle of the Peak. Ooh. That Gimli one looks good. Okay, there's Elrond. Oh, there's Elrond! <laughs> $50 for nightmare fuel for the rest of your life. <laughs> you don't have to pay $50, you just look at the picture. <laughs> That's free. Free nightmare fuel. <laughs> Okay, here's Theoden. Oh no. I'm gonna show you. And it's not terrible. It's not awful. But his face is just off. I don't know. He looks very grumpy. He looks very grumpy. It was a very grumpy pose they've put him in. I'm gonna show you Aomer too. Poor Eowyn. <laughs> she got the short end of the stick. This is the action figure. It looks pretty good. Why do the action figures look so good, but the statues don't? That's why I collect action figures and not statues. <laughs> Plus, it's cheaper. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
that action vinyls Legolas looks angry. Or you can get a ninety-nine dollar uh, glowing Balrog. Balrog. I'd rather have the the one where he's fighting. Yeah, um, Gandalf. That one's cool. That one's really cool. Where's Amir? We'll find out eventually. <gasps> you can get the duck. Ducks. <laughs> I forgot you could do that. I want a Frodo duck. <laughs> That's I so want cute. the Legolas duck. The Legolas duck has a little bow and arrow. Aww. <laughs> it's adorable. I love... I don't I don't know who Gil-Ga- Gil-Galad is. I, I, I feel like I should, but I don't. Was he in the movies? Because I don't remember him in the I movies. I don't know who he is. He's an elf guy. That's all I know. Okay, here's Amir. Um, I guess he had a little cameo. <laughs> I guess. Okay, look. That one's not great. <laughs> Aw. They cut his hair. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't he? Has, he has long hair, doesn't he? Yeah. I guess At it's like longer, blowing, I guess, but I Is it know. in action? <laughs> you made the bust in action? <laughs> Pippin's so... <laughs> well, I mean, look at him. <laughs> He's so bad. <laughs> I mean, look. <laughs> okay, compare these two pictures. <laughs> oh, poor Pippin. He does look like Lady Elaine. You gotta post these side by side. <laughs> put it on the. I'll put it on the Twitter. <laughs> I'd say I'd put it on Instagram, but I forgot we had an Instagram until the second, so... Oh my god, we do. Oh my gosh.